Hey Cam, did you hear about the uh, the new cleats they're making, where they're putting like little coils on the bottom of the uh, the spikes? No. Yeah, yeah, they uh, the players wear them for uh, for spring training. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chatting Average Podcast with your hosts, Riley's Rakes and the Big Chop Man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your friendly neighborhood Atlanta Braves podcast. Welcome to Chatting Average. My name's Alex. I'm your host. Along with me today is Cam Matthews. How you doing, Cam? What's shaking, Bacon? You're going to say that every week, aren't you? Oh, uh, for sure. God, hey, if you're going to get away with your dad joke every week, I'm totally going to make what's shaking bacon, I think. <laughs> I guess that's fair. Well, first of all, thank you guys very much for tuning into our first episode last week. We had a lot of fun and got a, a much bigger response than we ever expected. We we kind of had a number in mind for the the amount of downloads we were expecting, and uh, we, we almost doubled that. So uh, really appreciate all you guys listening and reaching out to us we had a lot of fun with the uh with the voicemail and text message segment that we did uh so by all means keep those coming uh we got a lot of stuff to talk about today we had a twitter poll where we had a topic thread and you guys voted for for one over the others so we'll uh we'll we'll be talking about that a little bit later a few other things we're going to be doing of course listening to your voicemails and text messages once again but first of all we're starting out hot today because i got a bone to pick with you cam oh geez what what's wrong you were the one that introduced my wife to a television program called Love is Blind. Hey, look at that. Okay, so if I had to uh, struggle and, and suffer through that, then, my friend, I'm so glad that you get to do the same. I've, I've called a lot of programs garbage television. I've never experienced anything like this. this and it almost be... makes it worse that it was filmed about 10 miles up the road from where I live. Naturally. Oh everything's everything's filmed down your way since they're not filming anything in Wilmington anymore. Uh, for those of you who might not know, Love is Blind is a reality television show where these couples are put together, separated by a wall, can't see each other, but have conversations sight unseen and develop relationships that way. And it's uh, <laughs> they end up proposing to each other without ever having seen each other and then. They'll get to the altar and someone will say no. And it's just a mess there. Everyone's crying in every episode and it's absolute garbage. And I will hold it against you, Cam, forever for bringing that into my life. <laughs> you, but you totally left out the most important part of that show. What's what's that? That Jessica is 34 and Mark is 24. And there's a big age difference between those two. And she's just not sure if she can deal with that. I, I'd heard that. Yes. Thank you for thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Glad, happy to. Changing topics entirely. Want to give a shout out to our friend on Twitter, Mr. Dave Lynn. We made it a point not to 
blast our our Patreon page out there because given the the situation that everybody's in these days, we didn't want to be out there asking for you guys to give money to some stupid podcast. But this guy went and found it on his own, and we have a patron now. Yeah, thanks, Dave. We we appreciate that. I know uh, Alex sent me a message a few days ago and said, hey, we have our first patron. And I was kind of like, what? But hey, that that's really cool to see. And uh, Dave, we, we certainly appreciate that. And but but again, you know, Alex and I are just really thrilled about the reception we've had so far for our first episode. And, you know, kind of hope to keep this thing rolling. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, we got to we got to do this like every week now, right? I mean, what else do we have going on? Uh, that's that's fair. <laughs> hey, man, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> what a question these days. Yeah. Um, I've been still working from home, not really doing a whole lot, catching up on the uh, the podcasts I listen to, catching up on TV shows. Uh, we'll We'll talk about that a little deeper later. It's definitely an interesting time uh, right now. We talked about it a little bit last week, but man you know no actually i i won't complain i'm i'm pretty well adapting to the uh the home body body life uh i'm kind of enjoying the fact that i don't have any meetings to go to although all of my conference calls now seem to be ones that could have just been handled by an email but what else is new well that's sort of the nature of meetings in general anyway right oh for sure yeah i had a four o'clock conference call the other day and Going into it all day, I knew that this can just be solved by an email. I knew for a fact, and by 4.15, we were done with the conference call, and I said, yep, that could have been solved by an email. Are they still making you go into the office occasionally? No, no. This week I, this week I managed to look out of that, although this week's been uh, been pretty busy, so I'm staying plenty busy here at home, here at, here at the homestead. Hey, so Alex, you talked about Love is Blind being trash TV, but... Garbage. Have you taken in the king of trash TV this week? Are you talking about what I think you're talking about? I saw Tiger. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, yes, I have. That's my kind of trash. Like, that is... I There is nothing that has ever... No program that's ever thoroughly entertained me quite like that. The it, hell is this show? It had me on the edge of my seat... From 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 bell to bell, it was amazing. Um, yeah. So that this <laughs> props to Netflix for releasing this at pretty much the right time because Tiger King seems to be the only thing people are talking about right now, and for good reason because holy crap, this thing is amazing. You you start the show, and you're like, oh, this guy's completely insane, and then yeah. you finish the first episode, and you're like, wow everyone in that episode was completely insane. <laughs> and then you go to the episode two and you meet even more people who are completely insane. Oh, I, I'm a firm believer that Doc Antle is the most psycho person on that entire show. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's insane, but he's smart. He's too smart to be crazy on camera. And you can tell <laughs> this is the guy that's got like 14 wives on some kind of a cult-style compound, I think, in South Carolina. It's in Myrtle Beach! <laughs> it's in Myrtle Beach. I've seen billboards for this place! Have you really? Yes! Yeah, oh, if you go down to Myrtle Beach, you'll see billboards all over the place for it. Like, this is I a pretty well-known establishment. I don't myself to go to any of these places, but I, I have to, like, at least get a picture with the entrance or something. Well, okay, so supposedly Doc Antle's place has been raided, right? 
I, I did read that his place had been raided by the authorities, but no charges had been filed. Scott for Scott's here. Do you hear that? Bring the mic in close. That's not how the grass should sound. There's weeds everywhere on this lawn. It's time to take action with Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action. It gets three jobs done at once, kills weeds, prevents crabgrass, and feeds your lawn so it keeps growing strong. Ah, oh, much better. Get a bag of Scott's Triple Action today. It's guaranteed, or your money back. Feed your lawn. Feed it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, th- this show, this this Tiger King show is just bananas. First off, Joe Exotic, it, it's actually kind of a damn shame that his reality show didn't work out because, dude, that would be must-see television. Absolutely. I, and in, in retrospect, I didn't realize this until I was actually watching Tiger King. Um, so he he ran for president once upon a time, uh, yeah! the 2016 election, and was actually featured on Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Which had completely escaped me until that clip was featured in the show and it dawned on me, oh my God, I know who this guy is. Well, what's even better is that he runs for governor in Oklahoma and he finishes third. He got like like 18, 20% of the vote. He got a fifth of the voting for governor in Oklahoma. Which, if you haven't seen the show, once you experience... The, the the majesty that is Joe Exotic, you will be as shocked as we are that this guy managed to pull 18 to 20% of the vote from an entire state. It, it's it's absolute madness. Well, you know why he didn't win the, win the election, right? Why is that? Because of that damn Carol Baskin, that's why. <laughs> she fed her husband to a tiger and... Uh, that's there's 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 so many layers to this guy he's he's as redneck of a redneck as you'll meet he's 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 got a gun on his hip at all times uh he's a polygamist he's a he's a country music singer um he there's there's just there's so much going on there that you can't look away and just he owns over a hundred tigers yeah, like, uh, like, or owned he's got the largest he's... privately owned zoo in America. Well, no, he's, he's currently in prison, but well, <laughs> spoiler alert. Thanks, just, Cam. Spoiler alert. Look, if you haven't watched it by now, that's on you. You're, you're just not trying. <laughs> I've texted my sister like three times this week and saying, have you watched this yet? Have you watched this yet? And she's like, no. Nah. And I'm like, look, I, you got to watch this show. I gave my parents homework for the weekend to watch it. <laughs> I, I could tell my dad to watch it, and he'd probably watch about three minutes of it and turn it off and be like... The funny mm. thing about me telling my parents they have to watch it is that after I said that, they told me my sister had already called them and told them the same thing. Yeah, so I, I think what, what's neat is that it's, it's this interesting timing by Netflix because oh, of social brilliant. distancing and everybody being at home, everybody's watching it. Like, this is just something that... At night, nobody else really has anything else going on, so here's something to watch, and everybody is watching it. Like, I don't know other than maybe Stranger Things, have I seen a Netflix show get maimed collectively by so many people that I oh, know? You couldn't, you, you couldn't log on to the internet without stumbling across someone referencing it. Oh, and that's all it is. Like, Facebook let me throw is this nothing out there. To all the To all the high-powered broadcasting executives that listen to the Chatting Average podcast, if you're sitting 
on a documentary of any kind or any series that you think is going to do well in the future, for God's sake, release it now. Why well, wouldn't you? You have well, the most captive audience you could ever possibly hope for. Well, props to Ken Burns for a couple of weeks ago when, oh, you yeah. know, when, when things really started to turn bad, he he was able to get PBS to completely release his baseball documentary, this like nearly 20 hour long documentary on the history of baseball for free on the PBS app. Yeah, you know, he, he jumped they, on uh, that quick. PBS has released a ton of other stuff, too, like all of the uh, uh, not all of them, but several seasons of the uh, the Austin City Limits concerts mm-hmm. they've they've released for free viewing. I think so, they've released the Roosevelt's uh, Ken Burns documentary for free viewing now, which you haven't watched that one. That one's really cool. That, that's a neat American history documentary. No, I haven't seen I, I'm, I'm somewhat ashamed to say I haven't seen the baseball documentary either. So I'm going to get on that this weekend. I, I've never seen the whole thing all the way through. I've seen it, you know, when MLB Network shows it occasionally, but I've never made it start to finish on it. But I have gotten about half. I'm, I'm halfway through the game because I'm like halfway through part five, basically. So Isn't it like 15 or 20 episodes. I thought it was a long one. Well, so the, the original run was nine episodes. It, it, each episode is called first inning, second inning, and, and so on. But And that was the original series released back in the early 90s. And then in the later 90s, he released the Extra Innings series, um, oh, okay. which, which covers more modern-day stuff, you know, up until the point that he released it, of course. So that that's your 80s and 90s nostalgia there. But yeah. now the, the, the original run is roughly 18 hours long. Okay. That's... <laughs> Yeah, that'll, so if you got nothing going on tomorrow, what's that? That'll cover a weekend. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, uh, I saw um, on Twitter LeBron James and Richard Jefferson talking about apparently, and I didn't know this, ESPN has a, uh, a long-form Michael Jordan documentary that they're just sitting on and planning to release in June or July. Yeah, and that's like a 10-part like series, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So... I would be all over that. I would be on that like a cheap suit. Oh, absolutely. That's right up your alley, Alex. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, now's the time to release that kind of stuff. Um, you know, everybody's everybody's craving content, which I think kind of says why our first episode did so well, and you guys are putting up with us so far. So, hey, props <laughs> to you for sticking in there. Hey, have you ever seen the movie uh, There Will Be Blood? I think I have. So That's, I want- uh, that's Daniel Day-Lewis, right? That is very much Daniel Day-Lewis. I watched that last weekend, and good lord, that is a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Um, you know, props to that guy. He's like, you know, he's acted in probably six movies altogether in his career, but he's won like six Academy Awards for him, so he's oh, doing he's, pretty well for him. He's an otherworldly actor. I mean, you, you can you can tell that he's sinks his teeth into any role that he takes. He, he plays this oil rig foreman back in the early 1900s, and... This character that he plays is just captivating. It is nuts. Pretty good movie, but again, it is very much your, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis immersive acting kind of movie. But what's wild about it, you know, it's set in the early 1900s in in California during the big oil rush at that time. And they use almost modern music for the soundtrack, like modern score. Interesting. it's this neat little contrast. Like the production of it's really, really cool. Um, it's on Netflix, so check that out. That that's a fun, fun little movie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's it's an especially good time, I must say, to be uh, 
to be a fan of professional wrestling because while all of you people are over here complaining about not having any live sports to watch and when whining about how much you dislike watching recorded sports, professional wrestling is the one thing that still gives us live content. Yeah! <laughs> well, except so make, for the fact that WrestleMania is going to be a big old stinker this it's year. It's going to be but, garbage, but... but <laughs> it's going to be a train wreck, but I'll tell you, I'm going to watch every single minute of it. Say say what you will about me for watching this uh, this wrestling, but I uh, I get live content four or five times a week. It's amazing. Sports entertainment, pal. Yeah, it's not sports, but it's it's something. Hey, I'll we, all, it. we 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 converted Emily to uh, start checking out some wrestling. We need to follow up with her on that. <laughs> well, hey, Alex, what, uh, what, what 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 are you drinking tonight? Uh, let's see. I have got Monday Night Brewing Slap Fight IPA. Uh, they actually did something really cool last weekend. They they were offering free six packs for anyone in the hospitality industry who had been furloughed or lost their job. Uh, cool. So wife and I went down there. She works in hotels and is is temporarily out of work. But we went down there, grabbed our free six packs, and uh, I'm I'm drinking one free of charge right now. Hey, uh, nothing wrong what with that, you? my man. I am a, I am drinking a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Kind of one of my favorite little go-tos that you can find at most of your grocery stores. Sierra Nevada is pretty much the Samuel Adams of the West Coast, but they make a really good beer. And they, they actually have a brewery in Mills River, North Carolina, up toward the mountains. So That's almost right outside of Asheville, right? Yeah, it's right. It, it, it's essentially Asheville, but they like to say they're in Mills River. So Did they build a – there was something else from out west that, that went and built a, a large – I don't know if it's a brewery or just an outpost out there. Was it – was it New Belgium? I believe so. I, I think New Belgium does have a brewery up, up toward the mountains. I So, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get some flack from this for being a North Carolinian. I have yet to go to Asheville to experience the brewery boom up that way. And, you know, I kind of have... If, if, if you're a beer guy, Asheville's your town. Oh, for sure. For sure. I might, I might have to make the haul up to Boone while I'm there. Go see Josh Brown. Hi, Josh. Well, I, I hear it's it's nothing but... but pestilence and famine up in boone and nobody should go visit there that's what he always tells me oh it's a war zone up there it's terrible the you know dogs and cats fighting each other and mass hysteria (laughs) dogs and cats fighting each other is what we're going with yeah totally (laughs) they fight each other in atlanta too everybody fights in atlanta (laughs) that's a that's actually a lie walt Walter it, it loves cats. Strange. Oh, does he? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Oh, good, good for him. Despite the fact that he could like take one out with one swift move of his paw. Well, he has no idea how powerful he is. He's he's the furthest thing from an alpha dog you could ever possibly meet. Oh yeah. So my and mom he just wants had... to be everyone's friend. Well, I, so I, I kind of know where you're coming from with that. So my mom has a black lab. Uh, his name is Zeus, and he weighs uh, right at 110 pounds. He is a oh, massive, that's a big old he, lab. Yeah, he he he's a big cat. I mean, a big dog. <laughs> there, there's my euphemisms coming in there that don't make sense. I can't call a dog a big cat. Anyway, uh, he well, he's part black lab. We think maybe he was bred with a some kind of Great Dane or some kind of shepherd or something. He, he he's a big boy, but uh, there's some days where he still thinks he's a lap dog. So. If you're sitting on the couch, you might be in for a, a rude awakening if he decides to come sit with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds daunting. The, the The only thing you have to watch out for with Walter is that the uh, the 
the crown of his head comes to a comes to a point, and if mm. you go down and pick up a toy or a tennis ball or something to throw for him, he'll he'll jump up at you. And if you get clipped with that point, you're you're in for a bad time. Uh, I had a roommate at one point that was doing exactly that when picked up a tennis ball to throw for him, and Walter got excited and jumped up, hit him right underneath the eye with that point opened up like a two or three inch boxers cut right underneath his eye. It was gruesome. <laughs> Did you have to break out the cold pack from the freezer, start compressing it? Fan oh, with he, the towel. Oh, yeah. he, he had one of the worst black eyes I've ever seen. Uh, didn't end up needing stitches, but we used like three or four of those butterfly bandages to close it up. And how did that work? Uh, he, he wasn't, he wasn't too happy with the whole situation. Well, I can imagine not having a horse bust your eye open. So, <laughs> hey, he looks much bigger than he is. He's just got long legs. I mean, the guy only weighs like 75, 80 pounds. Good Lord, he is all limbs, isn't he? Yeah, he's it, all of his weights like in the in the in the barrel that is his chest. Everything else is just lanky. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm certain someone will knock on the door at some point and he'll make another appearance on the podcast. Oh, hell yeah. All right, so. We have a topic this week uh, we wanted to discuss, thanks to our our listeners and the folks that we interact with on Twitter. Uh, Alex and I figured out that it's kind of hard to talk about baseball without actually any baseball to speak of. So we figured a, a weekly topic for the foreseeable future until the game makes its return into our lives would be a good decision. So how we handled this was we kind of created an open thread on our Twitter account. We asked everybody for their suggestions. Hey, what would you like for us to talk about? What brave center topic would you like for us to speak on here on the show? We picked our top four. We threw them on a poll and the order in which from greatest to lowest, as far as votes go, that those uh, topics received is the order that we're going to do those in the next four weeks. So the first topic tonight that we're going to talk about is favorite Braves moment or, or memory rather. And that comes from Wendy over on Twitter. So thank you, Wendy, uh, for suggesting that to us. You can follow Wendy at Braves Wendy on the Twitter. So again, Wendy, thanks for your suggestion there. So favorite Braves memory, uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What, what is your favorite uh, memory of the Braves? Well, I'm going to bypass game three of the NLDS against, uh, against the Dodgers a couple of years ago. Because that that was it was a fantastic moment, but hard to remember that fondly because of how the rest of the series went. And the one I'm going to pick is is a great moment when you look at the big picture. But, you know, in a vacuum, it wasn't great because the Braves ended up losing the game. It was Bobby Cox's last game. We were playing the San Francisco Giants in the NLDS. We had a lead. Uh, I remember Brian McCann hit a big home run against Madison Bumgarner in the sixth inning. And the the place was just electric. The Turner field was going nuts, but the giants ended up coming back and, and winning the game. And while the Braves lost, and that was the end of their season, it was, it was pretty special to get to see that bookend of a legend like Bobby Cox's career, especially when, and as much as I hate the Giants, I still have all the respect in the world for him for this. At the end of the game, they they kind of stopped their celebration, came out onto the field, and everybody took their caps off for Bobby Cox. It was it was a really special moment. Yeah, I, I so I was in high school uh, when that happened. I remember sitting at home watching that game and 
you know, the moment kind of hits you that this guy that you you have seen and I have seen our entire lives essentially as the manager of the Braves that his career is now over now you know at, at his own choosing and you know this is how this is the season he decided to go out on and but you know seeing it come to an end was was kind of startling almost everybody you know you know that it's going to come to an end at some point but when that when that final out occurred and you realize that wow this is it you know bobby's done it, it it was kind of a it was kind of a dramatic moment and, and honest and for me you know I know for you especially being at the game that had to be kind of surreal to see in person uh, for me just a couple of weeks prior uh, I got to go to my first Braves game it was no the, the yeah so it was the last Saturday game of the season uh, against the Phillies it was actually Bobby Cox Appreciation Night. Um, my dad, my dad and I got up early on Saturday morning. We made the drive down for the Saturday night game and, uh, I got a Bobby Cox poster, which was cool. And I actually have it hanging up in my little office, uh, <laughs> to this day framed and everything. Uh, there were video tributes all night. Uh, Bobby almost got tossed in the second inning, which would have been kind of poetic justice uh, as a means uh, of, uh, on Bobby Cox appreciation night, uh, but I, I don't know. It, it was kind of just this surreal feeling of, okay, so we just celebrated this guy a couple of weeks ago and all of his accomplishments, and I got to see that in person, but now the career is over. So, yeah, I, I could see how that would have been a, a pretty special moment for you. Yeah, and I, I, I bittersweet is definitely the right word, but now that it's been a, a decade since almost – you know, you have a chance to look back on it and realize the the gravity of what you got to see. And, and while there were there was there was sadness and some tears and in, in the stands that night, it was uh, it was it was really special to see Bobby Cox go out that way. Well, not that way, but right. <laughs> to, well, to see the end of a storied career to, to get a pretty well deserved curtain call. essentially what uh how long did the crowd hang around there at turner as long as bobby stayed on the field yeah (laughs) that was that was the longest i've ever seen an entire crowd stay after a loss especially a season ending loss right wow that's that's pretty cool that that's pretty cool that you got to go to that game yeah, I've I've gotten pretty lucky with a with between that one and then of course the Acuna Grand Slam. That was that was really special to see the kid break out like that. But I mean, just from the from a from a ten thousand foot view, uh, there there there's going to be an entire generation coming up that will never have gotten to see Bobby Cox manage a baseball game, and so uh, that'll be something I tell my grandkids about. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I, the way I think about it. Um, and, and you and I were kind of talking about him off air earlier. Uh, the way I could equate it is my daughter, who is almost two years old. Uh, the way I would talk about Bobby Cox might be the way that my dad uh, talked about Billy Martin growing up. So, oh. hey, you know, my, yeah. So, my, you know, my, my grandfather, my dad's dad was a Yankees fan from way back in the day because here in North Carolina, that was the only team that they could pick up on radio uh, back in the 30s and 40s. So he became a, you know, kind of a quasi-Yankees fan. But he loved Billy Martin, I think mostly for the shenanigans uh, off the field that he thought he was just such a character. But Well, isn't that why we loved Bobby Cox, too? Because you knew at at the drop of a hat he was going to get tossed from any given game. (laughs) 
Bobby Cox was the grandpa that everybody thought they had in baseball. Billy Martin was the drunk uncle. That's a fair assessment. Very poetic by me, but okay. So, but along the same, you know, along that same vein, that that's how I'm going to talk about Bobby Cox to my daughter. That you know, my dad talked about Billy Martin to me, where it's almost this larger than life figure, you know, that was just a manager for so long in baseball. Sure, sure. So what? So what's your moment going to be? So my moment is a is a little more recent. Uh, this one, this game occurred back in 2017. It was actually the August fifth uh, game. It's a Saturday night game against the Miami Marlins. I think at the time the Braves uh, were like 10 or 12 games under 500, as were the Marlins. John uh, Carlos Stanton was still in Miami, so that kind of gives you – and Christian Yelitz were still there, so that kind of gives you a mind uh, – Was he John Carlo or Mike at that point? He was John Carlo. Uh, yeah, oh. he, he, he was already John Carlo. Um, so the reason that this game is my favorite Braves memory and is significant for me was this was actually my bachelor party game. So uh, my okay. wife and I, my wife and I got married in October of 2017, and uh, my dad thought it would be really cool to organize a big guys trip down to Atlanta to go see the Braves play in their brand new stadium. This was going to be the first time that any of us got to see this stadium. Uh, so we picked a game in August and we got to go see the Braves beat the Marlins that night. It was just your kind of a typical regular season game. The Braves won seven to two. Uh, definitely the highlight of the night was uh, Freddie Freeman hit a three run homer uh, in the seventh. Uh, the Braves scored five runs altogether in that inning. So that was just a really fun inning. But, you know, for for me to have you know my dad and uh his brother my uncle and then all of literally my best friends who were going to be my groomsmen in my wedding to be able to get all of them to come down to Atlanta for a weekend and we all just got to go watch a baseball game that was just so perfect like that that was the most perfect you know guys weekend I could have ever asked for it was a great night of course they kept the drinks coming all night so I had a great time uh, we stayed in the battery, so we got to experience that while we were there, you know, while the battery was still in its infancy. But it was just just an awesome evening, and I don't know, I, that is, to this day, we still talk about that game. You know, we still talk about going and doing that together, and to this day, we still want to go do that again. You know, we've talked about various trips that we could plan to go do that again, and I don't know, it's just something that I don't think any of us will ever forget. We had a great time doing it, and so I think... It's it's not hard for me to say that that's my my favorite Braves memory. Well, I know that everybody listening uh, feels the same way as I do. We sincerely hope that you have every opportunity to do that again very very soon. Yeah, man. <laughs> so uh, I'll I'll flip this around on you a little bit. What is your least favorite Braves moment? Oh, what what the hell, Alex? <laughs> we didn't talk about this ahead of time, so we're going we're going. No, we didn't. Okay, straight off the um, dome here. Hmm. I mean, so so just staying in line with what we've already talked about, least favorite moment we've seen in person. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that happened last season. Actually, it was in. Let's see. I think it was in late April. The Braves hosted the Rockies for a three-game weekend series. I brought uh, my wife and I brought my uh, my sister and her soon-to-be husband. Uh, they had never been to a game before, so uh, my wife and I brought them down to Atlanta with us, made a big weekend trip out of it. We went to the Saturday night game against the Rockies, and 
Uh, the Braves were up, I believe, like four to two going into the ninth inning. And if you remember how early last season was when it came to the bullpen, you can probably uh, probably figure out how the rest of that game went. So getting to see a ninth inning collapse in person um, is arguably the least enjoyable experience yeah, I've ever had at a rough. game. Um, <laughs> and it was A.J. Minter. And, like, it was very much an A.J. Minter inning where uh, he got... The guy who was supposed to be Baby Kimbrell. Well, you know, he, he gets the first couple of outs, and then he walks a guy, and then uh, there's a base hit, and so now there's two on and two outs, and he literally he gets this guy to a full count. I can't remember who it was up to bat, but he gets him to a full count, and the pitch just barely misses the outside corner, and so now the bases are loaded, and I think the very next guy has a like a two-run single, and, it, you know, it just unravels at that point, and you know, don't get me wrong. The the bullpen was fixed throughout the season, and but th- at this point, this wasn't the first time that this had happened to the guys. And I don't know, seeing seeing a bullpen implosion in person. Um, if you think it's bad enough watching it at home on TV, seeing it in person <laughs> kind of makes it worse. Um, the whole way back to the car, uh, love them to death, but my sister's soon to be husband really doesn't know very much about baseball, and so he kind of looked at me and he was like. Why don't they just get a better bullpen? <laughs> it's that easy. You just yeah, it's totally that easy. <laughs> you know, you, if if you're Alex Anthopoulos, you you go to to the ESPN.com stats page and you look at who has the most saves, and and you 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 trade for them. That's I don't know what the problem is. Shut up and take my money. <laughs> That's totally okay, so... a Josh Brown line I stole from him. Sorry, Josh. Oh yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> what is your worst Braves memory? Oh man, I went to went to some rough ones, but uh, the, uh-uh. the the recent one that sticks out to me was was actually last season. As good as last season was overall, um, so I got married on June first of last year. Okay, and my uncle was the officiant in my wedding. So that was a, a really cool thing of him to do, to go out of his way to go and, and get ordained so he could do that. So we wanted to do something special for him. So we got him, we got, uh, he and I tickets to see the Braves play the Nationals. And I, I spent the the several days leading up to it, hyping up how great this Braves team was. And, and Freddie Freeman's the first bet best first baseman in baseball and the Ronald Acuna's rookie of the year. Like this team is great. You're going to love it. So we go, I forget who was starting for the Braves, but Anibal Sanchez was starting for the nationals. So I thought that was another cool layer because he had just come from the Braves after having a really good season. Wait, wait, Uh, Anibal. Oh, you know, you already know the game I'm talking about. I can tell. So was this a a Kevin Gosman start? It might've been. Oh no. It might have. I don't. Regardless, Anibal Sanchez proceeds to throw maybe six and a third no hit innings, and at the end of those innings, the Braves are down. I think fourteen to nothing. Oh, we that had, was a Kevin Gosman start. We had second row seats right behind Freddie Freeman at first base. Best seats I've ever had at a Braves game. Right. And the Braves go down fourteen to nothing. <laughs> it's funny walking into the game. I, I'm telling my uncle, uh, he's he's got uh, 
he's got one glass eye, so his vision's off a little bit. Uh, and I was I was telling him, hey, we're sitting really close and we're not behind the netting, so you got to be really careful. Watch out for these foul balls. And I didn't, I wasn't, wasn't tweeting throughout the game, wasn't doing anything, paying attention to the game the whole time. And Ozzy Albies hits a foul ball that comes within inches of taking either he or I out Ooh. and hits the guy sitting immediately to the right of my uncle. Oh, no. The guy luckily managed to get his arm up, um, but it hits him on the wrist. Uh, his eye watch explodes into a thousand pieces. He's got a massive bruise on his wrist. And uh, I, ever since that moment, I've been I've been championing, you know, extend the netting. I, I don't I don't care. Uh, if if you were good enough to to catch a foul ball coming at you at 100 110 miles an hour you would be on the other side of the netting so but the... my view <laughs> well, no, no no i'm 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 totally with you i i have a vivid memory i was probably i don't know 6 or 7 uh we went to a durham bulls game and i have a vivid memory of seeing an elderly woman get hit by a foul ball down the first baseline and having to be stretchered out of the dbap so uh, i have been pro netting for a long time yeah the the one silver lining of that game though and this was <laughs> this was in the infancy of of me operating an austin riley parody account on twitter uh, this was this was right as Austin had had just hit the majors and he was absolutely on fire as we all know, and he hit his one and only grand slam in that game. Oh yeah, so okay, did, I do remember that. We did get to see that from the second row, which was which was pretty cool. Now, granted, it was still like fourteen to four or something like that after the grand slam. Don't call it a comeback. <laughs> we we didn't and and, nah, and we didn't. it wasn't. But that was uh, that part of it was pretty fun. Um, but I, sh- boy, did I sure look stupid after hyping up the Braves for a week before my uncle got down there to go to that game with me. Oh, how do you think I felt <laughs> taking my sister and her fiance to a game last year? Where I'm like, so we won the division last year. Uh, we should win it again this year. Uh, this offense is awesome. Ronald Acuna is great. Ozzy Albies is the man. Dansby's having a breakout season. And oh no, Andrew! <laughs> hey uh speaking of comebacks though and the comeback that didn't happen in the game you want to i wanted to mention one of my honorable mentions uh so i wasn't at this game but i remember this is watching... your favorite or least favorite 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 okay. we're, we're, we're going back to the positive side we're, we're jumping back on the happy bus now all right uh so one of my honorable mentions so everybody when people talk about chipper jones walk-off games they like to bring up his last one Uh, which happened in September of 2012. Nobody ever brings up the one that happened in May of that year, and I had to look it up today to find the exact date. It was May 2nd, 2012. Put this in perspective for you, I was a senior in high school, all right? And one of my... Sorry to everybody that I just made feel old. I really apologize for that. Not really, but anyway. Shut up, Cam. (laughs) What's that? What's that, Papa Rakes? (laughs) You're the worst. (laughs) Okay, so I'm a senior in high school. Uh, one of my favorite teachers in high school, I had him for like three years in a row uh, for uh, history and government classes. He was originally from Philadelphia, and he was a big Phillies fan. But he was he's honestly the like the nicest Phillies fan you'd ever meet. Um, generally, he was just a huge baseball fan. So after class every day, he was my last period that I had. 
um, that year. So after class, he and I would usually spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes just kind of shooting the shit, talking about baseball. But anytime the Braves and the Phillies were playing each other, we always kind of, you know, trash talked each other. And, you know, keep in mind that this was still on the kind of the end of the Phillies, you know, four year run of dominance in the NL East, whereas. You know, the Braves were still trying to make a push for winning the division that year, and we're trying to make a comeback for that. So May 2nd, the Braves and the Phillies go to 11 innings. The final score in that game is 15-13. to 13. But to win the game, Chipper Jones hits a two-run walk-off homer to right center. Okay? And the reason oh, that's, that's one amazing. of my... The reason that is one of my, that is one of my favorite Braves memories is just because the amount of trash talk I got to give my teacher <laughs> for like two weeks in that class. It did not matter uh, what what you know what the scenario was. I found every way I could to bring up the fact that Chipper Jones walked off the Phillies in eleven innings. Uh, in the year 2012. It didn't matter if somebody was like, hey, can I go to the restroom? I would pipe up and be like, hey, be sure to walk there just like Chipper Jones walked off the Phillies. You know, <laughs> This is really the story about why Cam Matthews had to repeat senior year of high school. I I thought we weren't going to tell anybody about that, Alex. I, <laughs> I do not appreciate you bringing up this very personal matter. <laughs> No, it seriously, it, it was just, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I enjoyed. I, I remember vividly just because of everything surrounding it. I remember that point in time where I was. And so it, it was kind of that point in high school where being at my senior year, you know, you're toward the end of your high school career. So you kind of get relaxed with your teachers. And this guy, I, I'm friends with him on Facebook to this day. He and I still chat every once in a while. Um, He's back up in the Philadelphia area now. Uh, just super cool guy. He's not that much older than me. He was like fresh out of college when he took this job. So, um, I don't know, just super cool guy, but that, that, that's always kind of a, a fun little memory for me too. Right on. Well, that's good stuff there. What do you say? We listen to some voicemails. Let's do it. Time to listen to your voicemails. All right. So thank you guys again for, for being so engaged with us and, uh, and helping us with, with all this content. We're uh, we're going back to the voicemail and text line, and uh, the first one we've got today is from Debbie. Let's see what she has to say. Hey, this is Debbie, um, Deb922 on Twitter. I just wanted to thank you guys for giving a shout-out to the minor league players in your first broadcast, podcast. Um, awesome job, you guys. Lots of fun to listen to. Um, I wanted to also thank Braves Twitter for stepping up. Um, for a lot of you that saw, we have a catcher in the Gulf Coast League, 21-year-old guy from Venezuela. His name is Emmanuel Guitan, and he was in a really, really difficult situation with spring training being cut short. And Braves Twitter came together and raised $1,100 for this guy. And I can't thank you guys enough. Um, we will continue to try to support him throughout this um, postponement and into the season. Um, so thank you guys again and appreciate um, Alex and Cam. You guys giving us a shout out. Um, good job. Keep up good work. Cool. Thank you very much, Debbie. It's it's good to hear that uh, that that they reached their goal for him and and it's a really great program they have going on there. 
Yeah, very cool. And actually, uh, that that specific player that Debbie mentioned uh, put out a little video thanking everybody for uh, contributing to that and helping him out. So very cool. And, and thank, thanks for your kind words, Debbie. We appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Yeah. So let's see. Next, we have a uh, we have a voicemail from Leah from Oregon. Let's uh, let's hear this one. Hi, guys. This is Leah from Oregon. And I guess I could take up the whole three minutes of saying, why the hell doesn't Rick still follow me on Twitter, for God's sake? Oh, God. The hell? I'm a huge Austin Riley fan. Okay, I'm not begging because that's not a good look. But anyway, yeah, that'd be appreciated, you know, a little follow action. I just wanted to tell you guys that I think you're doing a fabulous job. Um, Like I told the ladies, the timing was perfect, even though it was sort of the end of the world when baseball stopped. Having something like this to look forward to is much appreciated. So keep up the great work, and I can't wait to hear your next podcast. Thanks, guys. Alex, like, what the hell, man? Yeah, uh, I, I got, I got nothing. I'll go, I'll go follow her. That's, go okay. follow her right now, you so, goober. Sorry, Leah. Holy, <laughs> Leah, I'll do it. I'll do it. My co-host. Lord. Uh, hey, th- thanks for the uh, thanks for the kind words, Leah. Glad you're enjoying the show so far. I know I know we're having a good time uh, good time doing it, and yeah, now does seem the good, like a good time to be putting content out there since we're all stuck indoors. Hey, anyway, we have we have a completely captive audience, like I mentioned earlier. All right, so up next we're going to the text message line. We've got one from from Braves Marla. Her question for us is, which of the friends I assume from the show Friends, would you want to be quarantined with? My pick, would be, her pick would be Chandler. Cam, what do you got? Um, so, uh, about that. Uh, I don't really know how to answer this question because I have never seen an episode of Friends. Oh. I... Now you're, now you're going to get in trouble with Twitter. Yeah, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble for this one. Uh, yeah, I've never seen a single episode of Friends, to be completely honest. Not even honest. by accident? There have been a million of them. No, no, I haven't. Uh, at, at this point, it's kind of like I'm going out of my way to avoid it, just so I can keep up the fact that I've never seen an episode, too. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any aspiration to see it, to be honest. Well... I'm going to keep my answer brief and say that as a married man, it's probably not good for me to answer that in regards to a TV show that has Jennifer Aniston. So uh, up next, we have <laughs> we have Sam. Our, I concur. We have our uh, our first representative of Padres Twitter coming onto the show. So oh, let's God. see. Let's see what uh, what Mr. Sam has to say. Hello, Alex Rakes. If that is your real name, it's, it's not. I could sit here and talk about how bummed I am that opening day is no longer this week. But honestly, I'm just more bummed that my trip to Atlanta isn't happening for the near future. So can you please tell me the three worst things, either about Atlanta or the TP, just so I don't feel as left out, and then I'll have something to be pleasantly surprised about when I make it out there later this year. Love a new mustache, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> we, we don't have any tp haven't you seen the news <laughs> yeah like uh w- well what he's referencing there i mentioned on twitter that because uh everybody's stuck in their home for an indefinite period of time i don't i don't feel like shaving i don't think a lot of people do 
But uh, I also don't grow very good facial hair except for my chin. So uh, I'm trying the mustache on for size. It's not going well, but I'm doing it anyway. So, well, what, so, what well, so hang on. So you're, so you're growing a you're growing a mustache, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I was even thinking of of cutting it down. Like once I can get it a little bit longer, like cutting off my chin hair and making it a Fu Manchu. Okay, so. When you buy the van, does the candy come with it, or do you have to buy it separately? Well, you have to order it off of Amazon, because you shouldn't be going into public places. Good you God, you weren't supposed to answer that! <laughs> Goodness! No, no, no. Okay, so from, from the way you've described it on Twitter, it sounds like your mustache is coming in lighter than the rest of your facial hair. Much, yeah. So like, I can only, I can only imagine... Especially on like, the corners of my mouth, it's coming in almost completely blonde whereas it's brown hair on my chin it's it's weird um, so you almost have like a hollywood hogan look kind of going uh not even that good if you can call it good there's no hulkamaniacs here it's a mess but i don't care because none of you are gonna see me ha 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 what so what does the missus actually think of this <laughs> she's she's letting me have my fun for now because, like, a couple of days ago, I started to get a little scruffy, and I, too, don't grow very good facial hair. If anything, I grow neck beard, which is just gross. And oh, yeah. My, my wife kind of got on to me about not Perfect shaving. Perfect for a wrestling fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, You know, I'm surprised I'm not living in my own mom's basement eating my own boogers anyway. <laughs> and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, okay, you don't You don't know that term? Uh, Colin Cowherd referred to wrestling fans one time as booger-eating degenerates. Coming from Colin Cowherd, like, what does that even mean? It's the heart. Anyway. <laughs> God, I hate that guy. Uh, she got on to me about, about shaving a couple of days ago. So despite working from home, I still have to remain clean shaven for, uh, for Mrs. Chop. Well, anyway, to get to the question he was actually asking us. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. To, to set it up a little bit. Uh, I was running my mouth on Twitter one day. Sam was talking about coming to Atlanta to, to see the Braves Padres series. So I put it out there. Hey, you come out here, I'll buy his tickets. And then he DM'd me a picture of his flight confirmation. So I'm like, oh, well, hell, I guess I got to buy tickets now. So grabbed us some tickets and then the season got canceled. So in order to help him feel better, he wants us to tell him the three worst things about Atlanta. So first thing. The, the traffic. I don't know how close he lives to L.A. I think he's significantly south of it, but I might be wrong. Los Angeles, maybe D.C., maybe Manhattan. Uh, aside from those places, there is no place in America with worse traffic than Atlanta. I've lived in a lot of places. I've never seen anything like it. I would, t I would go sit in Chicago traffic all day versus Atlanta. It's an absolute nightmare. They've got the two major north-south arteries that run right through the middle of town merge in the middle of downtown. And these are two major highways that, that handle pretty much all of the traffic coming in and out of Atlanta. And you're just going to squeeze them together right in the busiest part of town. Makes sense. It's, it's just, God, it's a mess. It, you know, morning rush hour ends around, I don't know, 1030, 11 o'clock a.m. And then... Afternoon rush hour starts around two, but it's okay, no, so, but so it's no picnic in between ten thirty and two. So, so let me let me ask this: so, 
Let's say, uh, you know, I'm not from Atlanta. I live in central North Carolina, so I have no point of reference for this other than Raleigh. And I don't work in Raleigh, so I don't have to deal with that. Let's say you live in the, or well, uh, how about this? Living where you live, Alex, uh-huh. let's say your job is in downtown Atlanta, like Atlanta proper. It was for a long time. All right. So if you have to be at work at eight o'clock in the morning, what time are you leaving your house to get there on time? Well, I'll, let me go with my current job. Uh, okay. I, I live, uh, I believe it was 4.6 miles door to door from my office. Okay. And I, uh, for, a, for a long period of time, I was aiming to get there at 8 a.m. Okay. I, I would have to leave between 7 and 7.15 in the morning to get there by 8 to go 4.6 miles. Good Lord. I'm, this is absolutely not an exaggeration. Uh, so now, well, not now, but prior to lockdown, uh, I was going to work at seven, uh, and I would leave at six 45 and be early. It's, it's just, it's a mess. I have, I have to go through three school zones on the way there. It's, it's terrible. So yeah, uh, traffic sucks. (laughs) Yeah. So that's pretty bad. Um, okay. All right, I'll let I'll let you take the next one. What do you got? Okay, well, uh, can't really speak for Atlanta specifically, but living in the South, uh, there's this thing called humidity, which is the absolute worst. It may be 77 degrees outside, but when it hits that like 80% humidity, it feels like 90 degrees almost. Uh, and then when you get to the summer. It is the most wet, sticky feeling outside. It literally feels like you're walking through sand some days. Uh, humidity. Californians think they know, but th- they have to know. <laughs> uh, they really just don't get it. You have no idea. Like you God, had... God help you if you're wearing cotton clothing in Atlanta in the summertime. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, humidity is uh, is quite the worst here in the South, but uh, there's a reason that air conditioning was invented down here. (laughs) So I'll take the last one. uh, And this is going to be a throwback to last week's episode. It's it's so Atlanta. Oh, don't you do it. When you look up places to eat in Atlanta, (laughs) (laughs) everything points you towards this place called the varsity. And this, it's this little hamburger and hot dog stand that ha- it's like a drive up, and then the little uh, the guy comes up to your car and takes your order and brings you out your food, and all that's well and good, but it's 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 packed a hundred percent of the time, and the food is it's it's I wouldn't feed it to Walter. It is garbage, absolute garbage. It's and it's this institution. If you're driving right through the middle of downtown, you cannot possibly miss the sign to this place. And there are people who will swear up and down that it's a place you have to go. Just don't. Don't. Yeah, actually, I might take you there just to show you how bad it is and, and have a laugh about it. But that would be the only reason. You know, I've like I said last week, I've never been to the varsity, but I do not appreciate you trash talking such an Atlanta institution. I, I live here. I get to trash talk Atlanta. <laughs> be proud, man. What are you doing? All right, let's see who we. I don't. I don't. I don't recognize this number, but let's see who we've got here. Uh-oh. Hey guys, great job on the first episode. Can't wait to hear the second one. Um, 
just wondering if you were a professional baseball player, what would your walk-up song be? Or if you played at another level, like what was your song? Either one. Just want to hear about walk-up songs. Um, thanks. I will hang up and listen. That was that was a uh, that, that, that was Emily. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was that was Emily. Emily, Emily one, one of the, the uh, one of the hosts of the Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere podcast. I got your name right this time. Hey, you got it. All right. All right, Cam, I'll let you take this one first. Okay, so I had a really hard time uh, paring this one down. Uh, so as I've said before, I'm a huge wrestling fan. So my entire life, I've always thought, what would be cool entrance music if I was a professional wrestler? Well, that kind of applies here to walk-up songs for baseball. You know, in my mind, you've got 10 seconds at the absolute most to make an impression with your walk-up song because they're not going to play it for very long. So... You know, I think of like really cool, you know, guitar riffs, you know, like Sad But True by Metallica would be a really cool, you know, oh, opening. To Anything by Metallica or, would be solid. Yeah. Or like Man in the Box by Alice in Chains, like, you know, or even um, We Die Young by Alice in Chains, like just kind of a punch you in the mouth, you know, sort of walk up song. Uh, then thinking about kind of like. You know, Southern roots, especially if you were playing for the Braves, let's say, you know, which I think we all as Braves fans dreamed chicken of at one fried. point. You're going to pick chicken fried, aren't you? No, I'm not going to pick chicken <laughs> fried, Goober. No, uh, no. I Honestly, I always thought Copperhead Road would be a cool kind of walk up song. Like get past. You say that like back. it's less cheesy than chicken fried. Uh, because it is. <laughs> that was a legendary. OK, time out, time out. You are not. We've talked about this. I'm not a country music guy. Like, okay, I, but you, I, I like the fringes of country music. I like southern rock, and I like like some bluegrass. But, look, but the true country music, it's just not my thing. Look, Copperhead Road by Steve Earle is not about the country. It is about life, Alex. All right? <laughs> but as a walk-up like song... The way anyone's ever described country music. We're not having this conversation right now. Okay. <laughs> no. Okay. But, to be but this song... God, let me make my point. <laughs> no. This song would be great. Skip out the bagpipe section in the very beginning, but skip right to the thump with the mandolin and the guitar and the riff and everything behind it. That would make for some really cool walk-up music, uh, especially if you're like a guy from the South like myself walking up to the plate. Uh, along that same vein of like thinking about summer songs, uh, Spirit in the Sky by Norman Greenbaum would be really cool. It'd be a neat kind of throwback type song. Um, but I think a walk-up song needs to encapsulate your imperson- your personality. And with me being a goofy white guy who thinks he's cooler than he actually is, my walk-up song would be Jump Around by House of Pain, which is the ultimate white guy hip-hop song well i mean we're, we're both north carolina fans and that that song has a a direct link to pretty much any north carolina basketball game you watch oh absolutely oh dude when i'm at home and carolina basketball is getting ready to start up and i can hear it in the background on ESPN, oh yeah i turn up my tv so loud that my wife gets mad at me danny green's forever my boy for the for, for the way he would dance to that song before carolina games <laughs> So, so good. And, well, and the cool thing about it, too, was that uh, when the Braves were still at the Walt Disney complex, 
you know, up until last season, Jump Around was one of their, like, stock walk-up songs. And so in 2018, it would have been uh, Ronald Acuna's kind of breakout spring training season. That was his walk-up music that entire spring training. So it was really, really yeah, it, so I remember it vividly. It was really neat hearing him on the radio hearing him come up to bat because, you know, he went off in spring training that year, hearing him come up to the plate to jump around by House of Pain. And That's I was pretty cool, actually. I and like I was that. so hoping that he was going to use it in the majors. And he, and he and he's not. And he he's using some more more modern song, which, you know, definitely fits his style. And, you know, that that's totally fine again. But, I you know, I was kind of hoping he was going to use that. But no, jump around would definitely be my choice. Gotcha. I, I've, I've got a couple of things I'll pick. Uh, first, let me say the last thing I would pick would be Let the Drummer Kick by Citizen Cope, the one that Freddie Freeman uses. I I will defend Freddie Freeman to the ends of the earth for everything except that god-awful walk-up music. Whatever kind of crazy heroin rock that is, I don't like that as walk-up music. Creation! It's, most... oh, it's terrible. That's two weeks in a row you've sung on the podcast. I asked you nicely last time. <laughs> it's gonna take more than that <laughs> so uh there's actually a story behind the first one i would pick um so one of my favorite bands in the world is a band called widespread panic I, i've seen them way more times than any healthy person should and they they're based out of athens georgia they're all big braves fans uh, and so in uh in late 90s early 2000s i i might have the year wrong there but whenever john rocker was at his peak with the Atlanta Braves, oh, he, no. he wanted some high energy uh, music for his 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 fabled sprint to the mound from the bullpen. So uh, he either I don't know if he did this uh, requested from them or if they did this on their own, but they uh, wrote this music for him and never ended up letting him use it because he ended up going crazy and just did everything he did and said everything he said. Yeah. So they, so it was an instrumental song at first. They ended up putting lyrics to it and putting it into their regular set and played it with all their other songs. And it never ended up being used as a walk-up song. But it's a pretty good song. If you listen to it, it's, it's, it's hard driving southern rock and roll that would have been perfect for that kind of an entrance. So nice. that's 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 one pick. I've always wanted to hear that song used in a major league baseball setting since that was its original intent. Um, you know, he really missed his opportunity to use the ultimate warriors thing. Anyway. The the other one I pick uh would be would be a song called Fairies Wear Boots by Black Sabbath. It's it's it starts kind of kind of slow and unassuming and during the introduction builds up into this sort of sort of pre-metal riff a lot of people credit black sabbath for 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 starting metal music and that's uh that that's something that would i think kind of be along the lines of like a chipper jones crazy train obviously the ozzy osbourne connection there between black sabbath and and that but it 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 that kind of music is just quintessential walk-up music. It, 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 it's meant to intimidate, I think, because what you ultimately want as a batter 
is you want the pitcher to hear that music and get this this feeling in the pit of their stomach like they're in trouble. And that's the kind of song that I think does that. And that's why Copperhead Road would be a perfect walk-up song. He went to Vietnam! (laughs) His dad made moonshine, and he's not afraid to talk about it. That's not a guy you want to mess with. All right, so we're hiring for co-hosts here at the Chatting Average Podcast. (laughs) You're not getting rid of me that easily. Submit your application to at Average Chatting on Twitter. Okay. All right, we're going. Uh, we're going right back to the text line. We've got another one from uh, from Amber Dobbs. You can find her at Amber Goes Violining on Twitter. She says, "If you were in charge of stadium food for a ballpark, what would your stadium menu look like?" Also, I'm hungry. <laughs> let let me right. also state that she sent that in a second text in a separate. <laughs> <laughs> she, I love it. She, I love it. She sent that first text and then followed up with, "Also, I'm hungry." Cam, what are you taking? Okay, so I, in my opinion, I like simple ballpark food. I'm very much a you know peanuts, popcorn, hot dog, and beer kind of guy. So if it was up to me, that's what every ballpark would serve. Okay. I'm <laughs> what uh, what some of you guys may know about me is that I I'm I'm a food guy. I went to went to culinary school, worked in food industry for 17 years. And you don't uh, like which the is I think I think longer than Cam's been alive. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, there there are several things I'd choose. The 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 first thing I would pick are the the garlic fries from Dodger Stadium. Now, when you think Dodger Stadium food, the first thing that comes to mind is the Dodger dog. Overrated. Let me tell you a little something about the Dodger dog. Went out there last summer on our way back from our honeymoon, and the the first thing I did, I like we're at Dodger Stadium, I got to go get one of these Dodger dogs that everybody's been talking about. I've I've been to 18 of the 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Easily the worst ballpark hot dog I've ever had. <laughs> Easily by a mile. Like I, I don't think I've ever been so disappointed in a food item. But there is a ton of great food at Dodger Stadium aside from that. So it just it blows my mind that that's that's the one they talk about. But they have these garlic fries that, for obvious reasons, you can smell from a mile away. They're unbelievable. That's that is my first stadium food draft pick. Second one is going to be a little bit off the wall. I lived in Pittsburgh for a few years, so I spent a lot of time at PNC Park. And if you've been to Pittsburgh, uh, you've you've probably seen pierogies on the menu. Uh, Cam, are you familiar with those? Uh, we bought a frozen bag of them one time. Think of like it's 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 going to sound weird when I say it, but you got to trust me on this. It's like mashed potato ravioli. It's it's yeah yeah I, I've had them I know what you're talking about and if they're done well they're really good uh, but at PNC Park when I was up there they had this sandwich that was it was Texas toast pulled pork cheddar cheese and they threw three or four pierogies on top of it as well good <laughs> lord after you go up there and you have a few Iron City lights there is there is nothing like that pulled pork pierogi sandwich up there 
So that's that's my second draft pick. And then I'll 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 kind of follow your lead and go with basic basic food here. The dogs at Truist Park are as good as any dog you'll find in Major League Baseball. It's it's I don't even put anything on them, like maybe a little bit of mustard. But aside from that, it's it's straight up hot dog for me. Yeah, I, I, I'm i I'm a kind of a simple dude when it comes to ballpark food. Like, let me get a hot dog. Let me get a box of popcorn. Let me get a let me get a beer and I'm good to go. I just I, I don't know. I don't need no frills. Or, I mean, I think it's neat that a lot of ballparks are trying different things, you know, Fried grasshoppers can probably burn in hell someplace else, but I don't. I don't know. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> I wasn't. I did go up to. Uh, they serve those at. I keep wanting to call it Safeco, but I think it's T-Mobile Field now in Seattle. It's still Safeco. They... Just call it Safeco. It doesn't matter. Can I still call it SunTrust Park? No. Oh, see, you're a hypocrite. No, I, how long was it Safeco? SunTrust Park was a thing for what, three seasons? 37 years, Cam. Oh my God. I want to go back to Turner Field. I saw a comment about that today, actually. Oh, sheesh. Did, so, I, did the, I talk about this the, on the last episode? Did I did I make my feelings on Turner Field known? No, no, you didn't. But let, 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 me, just, let me just get through this real quick. So... Truist Park revealed the new signage on top of the scoreboard earlier this afternoon. Me being a graphic designer in my day-to-day job, (laughs) I think it looks great because it is a plain black and white font. It is a square sans serif typeface that has no frills. It does not clash with the Braves colors, and it's not freaking orange. I don't know what sans serif means, but I'm going to take it as an insult. So you take that back right now. Sans serif, Alex. I don't know what that is. You need to get some typography in your life, my man. <laughs> anyway, of course, in that thread are people like, I'm going to go back to Turner Field. And it's like, Turner Field was a dump. Well, it was never, it wasn't supposed to be a baseball field. Like it Neither was, was Fulton County. It was Centennial Olympic Park. And then they just kind of made a made a diamond out of it. And so if you were in the 400 section, you were six miles away from home plate. Like it and it complete... had a seating capacity of 87,000 people, so they were never going to sell out a game there. And and yet, for the occasions they did, uh, like when I was there for that, for Bobby Cox's last game, you st- it still didn't feel like the atmosphere that you would expect from a stadium that large. Like, I went to a, a, a meaningless Dodgers-Giants game in the middle of last summer, and there were probably 40,000, 45,000 people there. It wasn't quite a sellout, but there were a ton of people there, and it was it was just electric the entire time. The way it was laid out, if you were, like I said, if you were in the 400 sections, you, were, um, you, you could hardly see home plate without binoculars. So I, I get... I love Turner Field because of the memories I have there. But if you take the Braves away from it and just look at the stadium, the stadium was terrible. Yeah, I I went to one game there. And that, that was the game I mentioned earlier on Bobby Cox Appreciation Night. And don't get me wrong, I had a great time because it was my first time ever going to a major league game, let alone seeing the Braves play in person. But I, I just, I don't know. I don't. I didn't relish the moment as much as I probably should have, you know, being a 
let's see, 16 year old at the time. But I've been to SunTrust now or Truist Park. See, it, it, you've got me doing it now. It, I've, <laughs> it's going to take Tru- us at least a year to get used to it. It, it, it is. But I, I've been to Truist Park now probably six or seven times now for a game. And I don't know. That just It just feels like a ballpark to me. And then when you take in the battery, it's just it's great. So, you know, for season four now to be coming up for Truist Park and for people to still be saying, you know, I want to go back to downtown Atlanta for Turner Field. I just, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't no, get it. And maybe they, they did and, such uh, a fantastic job putting Truist Park together. It's, it's really, in my opinion, easily a top 10 park in baseball. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I've had a blast every time I've ever been down there. And, and 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 don't get me wrong. I'm sure if I had been to more games at Turner, it would probably hold a little more, you know, a little more value to me. But it just, I, I don't know. For me, for the Braves being my favorite sport, you know, professional sports organization out there, it's nice. It, you know, it's kind of comforting, comforting for me to know that they have their own ballpark, finally. Because... Fulton County wasn't theirs. Turner Field was never truly theirs. But some, you know, Truist Park was built for them. And that feels, you know, that feels nice. I don't know. It's a nice place. Get, get over it. Turner Turner Field is a football field now. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> as as it was meant to be, it was supposed to be that rectangular shape. I'm going to piss right. so many people off. Let's move on to the next one. Oh boy. This is oh god. This is Corey Lester, ladies and gentlemen, making <laughs> making his podcast debut. Let's hear what he has to say. Hi, this is uh, Corey Lester with uh, Ch- at Chop Home Corey, and uh, I just wanted to, uh, yeah, share a beautiful song I heard on uh, YouTube earlier. So here you go. Yeah. Oh, Tell all the hunters. Tell them, Joe. You're enjoying this way too much. Let them run the jungle. Run the jungle. Let them roam their land. Then stand back and marvel. I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, Corey. I'm sorry, Cam. I know you enjoy that. Crank it up! <laughs> God, that was awful. <laughs> um, so for those of you who wonder what on earth is going on right now, uh, you haven't seen the show Tiger King. Shame on you. That song is called I Saw a Tiger uh, by the guy we were talking about, Joe Exotic himself. I saw a tiger. You know, I actually saw right before we uh, we started recording that uh, I think it was it was actually Mark Owens that said, that uh, it wasn't Joe Exotic that sang all of his songs. <laughs> what? Did I just did I just completely ruin your life? Oh, what the hell? Yeah, apparently, <laughs> <sighs> apparently he was just there for the videos. This I I know, having heard his his speaking voice and and hearing his songs, I know that comes as a shock. <laughs> that got uh, it. So. Mark that down as Joe Exotic's first appearance on the podcast. <laughs> oh, and 
just ruined my night. Well, since this show's completely fallen off the tracks, let's go into this next voicemail. (laughs) Uh, From, according to the voicemail transcript, this is from the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah, listening to the show. uh, Randy Savage, first name Macho, last name Man. Yeah. Listen to a lot of different shows, I gotta tell you, you're not exactly child living. You know what I'm saying? One of the best podcasts are real. Listen to it every time it comes out. Yeah. The cream of the crop. Rise to the top. Every time, brother. <laughs> That's the end of the... Hey! Thanks, Macho Man Randy Savage! Be- from from the grave. Managed <laughs> managed to call into the podcast. That's Is that an exclusive? I think that's an exclusive. Y'all didn't know we were doing seances here on the podcast. <laughs> no, for real. Hey, Macho, uh, please say hey to Mr. Perfect and Big Boss Man for me. Uh, big fan here. <laughs> well, I don't. I, I got hey, I'm, I'm glad to know I that our podcast nothing. is not I, I, shop I litter. have absolutely nothing to say for that. No, no. Bright side here is our podcast is not shop liver. I mean, at worst, we are potted meat. Uh, but nonetheless, oh my God, you don't like potted meat. <laughs> Did, did you say pot, potted meat? Potted meat. P-O-T-T-E-D meat. Well, if that's what you said, then you missed an excellent opportunity for a podcast pun. So everybody, tune in next week to the <laughs> Potted Meat Podcast. Oh, wait, where we, we talk have... about your favorite armor canned meats. We, uh, we're going to be starting have... off with the little vainas. We have one more voicemail, and I pray to God it's a serious question. It is from Braves Ashland, one of the other hosts of the Mansplain Baseball Elsewhere podcast. Uh, Please come through for us, Ashland. Hey, y'all. It's Ashland. I was calling to see what you guys thought about the third base battle. Do you think Johan has the edge right now or Austin? Do you think the time off is going to help him or hurt him? If opening day was today like it should be, who gets to start? Love you guys. Bye. Aww. We love you too, Ashland. Thanks. Track with baseball. Thank you, Ashland. I think my opinion is going to be a little obvious, so you can go first on this one. So, if opening day was today, I don't know. I mean, this is really hard because coming into spring training, the whole talk was the third base battle between Johan and Riley. And who is it? gonna be and honestly both guys have almost seemed to go tit for tat with each other so far in spring training so it's really hard to say rushing the ball in spring training well what's hilarious is that you would see you know especially if there was a split squad game or if you know one of them was on the bench while the other one was starting in a particular game let's say johan would hit a homer in the second inning well then you would almost wonder okay is riley gonna hit one in the seventh and sure enough he would and it was just this kind of wild competition. And we've seen on the Behind the Braves series on YouTube that, you know, these guys are really kind of embracing that competitiveness, but ultimately they want the success for the team. So I, it's kind of hard. I, I would almost I would almost put Riley just slightly above Johan simply because of the power. Um, you know, Riley can really mash. Johan can hit really well, but I just... I see Riley, you know, putting more runs on the board than Johan at this point. But 
my caveat to that is I would still want Johan on the bench somehow. If they, you know, if that can be worked out some way, I, I would love to see both the guys make the opening day roster. And, you know, I know that we're in this kind of weird break right now, but I think when baseball ultimately does start back up, you know, we'll still see a kind of a, a spring training of sorts, you know, where guys might have two or three weeks to get freshened back up before the season actually starts. So I don't think, I don't think rust is really going to be too much of a concern. I, I think they'll be prime, but ultimately I, I think you give the starting job to Riley at this point, but with Camargo on the bench. Okay. So I made a terrible mistake in letting you go first because that's almost exactly my answer. I, I I don't see how you keep either of these guys off the squad. But at the exactly. same but at the same time, I don't see how you keep Riley on the squad in a bench role. I I think you either have to have Riley as your, your regular starting third baseman or put him back at Gwinnett where he can get every every day at bats, keep that bat hot and then bring him up when you wind up needing a third baseman. The 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 benefit to starting Riley at third base and keeping Camargo on the bench is that Camargo's a lot more versatile in in terms of what positions he's able to play. So if there's an injury or something just about anywhere across the field with, in, unless it's, you know, first base pitcher or catcher, he can play that position. So he's a very valuable bench piece, and and it would be nice to see him used in sort of that super utility role that everybody thought he was going to be in last season. Yeah, Riley's great, but unfortunately he doesn't have that type of versatility. So that might, unfortunately, that might mean bumping somebody off of the roster that we all really hope to see, like a Charlie Culberson or someone like that, and we might have just lost our patron because I suggested Charlie Culberson not be on the roster, but I I don't know how as, as well as both of them performed in spring training. I I don't know how you keep either of them off of the opening day roster whenever that gets made. Yeah. And and again, it, it's a good problem to have though. You know, it's really cool to kind of have this conversation of, I'm not going to say that we almost expected to go into spring training and for there to be a clear cut choice, but with how both of those guys reacted to, you know, the the weight of this decision, it's made it a hard decision of who it's going to be. And, but that's been really fun to watch and it's going to be neat to see how that ends up down the pike, which again, it might not matter because we might not see baseball again this year and I hate everything. So, (laughs) Uh, the the other reason I think Riley is is primed for a starting role is is because of the untapped potential, or at least the the recently untapped potential. Right when he first came to the league, he was hitting everything he saw out of the park, and that's a trait that he has that not a lot of people have. Uh, Johan Camargo doesn't really have that trait. He's a, he can be a great hitter, but he's not that monster slugger that that Riley showed that he can come in and be. So I think the combination of his spring training performance and the the potential to be a fantastic home run hitter means you've got to, you got to put the guy on the roster. I w- I would personally be shocked if if he winds up in Gwinnett to start the season. Yeah, and and that's that's the thing about it is 
with the production that both of these guys are putting out, do you want to see one of those end up in Gwinnett? You know, is that is that how you want to end up? You know, th- this end up being? I, I I don't know. It's definitely not a decision that I envy having to make. Um, and again, it's a good position to be in, but I don't know. It, it's it's a hard one because both of the guys just came into spring training just ready to go. All right, we appreciate you guys listening to the show and staying engaged with us online. It's been it's been a great reception for our first week. Hopefully, uh, you guys stick around for the the second week and moving forward. As usual, you can find us at Average Chatting on Twitter, and please call us at 678-242-9408 or text us your questions, comments, Randy Savage impersonations, <laughs> whatever you got. And we'll uh, we'll talk. I, about I appreciated it. it. <laughs> and we'll talk about whatever you want us to talk about. So, uh, again, thank you guys for the fabulous reception. And uh, we look forward to bringing this to you every week. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. With that, we've reached the end of the show. If you want to connect with the show, you can contact us via text or voicemail at 678-242-9408 or on Twitter at Average Chatting. We'll see you all next week on another brand new episode of the Chatting Average Podcast.